thing I know, but I'm trying to bring value. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna ask a good question. How many people in the audience have TikTok in their phone? That's actually a lot more than I thought. How many people had TikTok before you were coming to Ad Week and coming to a TikTok session? How many people here have made 10 pieces of content? I'm gonna double check. Okay, that's where it gets, you know, to me, what, you know, again, and because I'm obsessed with the notion of how do I bring the most value in anything I do, what's, why I did this, and I never really do this, because to your point, I like to hear, I like to hear myself talk too much to share the stage. I, I wanted to do this because I think this can bring a lot of value to a lot of us here, because this game will continue to happen in our society as long as the internet's in play. Like, you know, we've seen this rodeo before. You've been to talks like this over the last decade. The name was different. There, you know, and again, we've seen some that matter for 18 months and we've seen some that have really mattered like YouTube and Facebook for a decade. I, I, think, I think it's really important to be a, a, a practitioner of any platform that has this many people yeah. using it. Yeah, no, I think that's right. I mean, you know, as you know, and some people in the audience probably know, I was, I was part of that Facebook experience and we're at that inflection point. I remember back in Facebook in 2007, 2008, we were in a very similar place where there was, it's young, is it gonna make it? And so, you know, TikTok's in a similar stage. And we see, we've seen a lot of the similar in terms of the, you know, the inflection point and the growth. It's very, very similar uh, to those days. I think you're right, like the game's not over and there's no guarantees in our end that this is gonna be something in 10 years that's relevant to people. You know, one of the things we always get questioned around is, is the comedy event, or is it young, is it Gen Z, right? And is it musically, just the next, like an incarnation of you musically? Um, and for those that don't know, uh, we bought Musical.ly <clears throat> about a year ago, a little over a year ago, integrated into the TikTok platform. And you know, Musical.ly did age younger. Um, but a lot of that was geared around the content. Right? So the content was lip syncing. That was Musical.ly's value proposition. And it appealed to a certain audience, and Gen Z was part of it. I think if you went onto the, the platform today, you'd see it. it's intentional. A lot of content that's around <clears throat> Cooking, travel, sports, DIY, um, and that's the content that's really scaling right now. And that's the growth we're seeing is in, in that, that, that multi-generational kind of growth, which is really, really important. In this environment, in a short 45 minute kind of talk, what, are, what would you say one or two takeaways that the marketers or executives in this room need to really think about that might be not an obvious observation. Obviously, we're gonna have people that wanna spend media. Any, you know, I always laugh when people come to me, they're like, especially in the media industry, they're like, Gary, you know, you're talking about TikTok, like how do I run ads? I'm like, you, you, you know, they've got a couple of things, but this is exactly like how every platform goes. You gotta give them a few minutes to figure out how they're gonna build their ad product. And then vice versa for the creative field, Right? How should brands be thinking about it if they want to create creative for the platform organically and not just rely on influencer marketing, which I do think would come natural to a lot of people in the room? Yeah. Authenticity is a premium, right? It's a value. Um, if you talk to some of the creators and influencers around the platform, whether it be folks that have 20 or 30 million followers, right? Or someone who's got 50,000 followers, or someone who's even smaller than that, right? The, um, what they love about the TikTok platform and why they're investing so much time is the authenticity. Right? This is not you know, production level video where people are trying to create this sense of who I am or you know, this wonderful life I'm leading. This is real life. This is kind of like America's home videos for the next generation. Right? It's, you know, it's, it's, it's fun, it's quirky, it's authentic, it's native. Do you think that evolves? Because Instagram at this point was an app that 
helped photographers take yep. better photos. Do you think that's inherently what happens because it's happened to every platform and then it evolves into its like place? And do you think that marketers should take advantage of that now? Do you guys intentionally think of innovating in a way that you think it could keep it away from that or just humans always gonna be the PR version of themselves when they communicate to the world? That's a good question. So I think we're, what we're seeing, the, the platform's evolving very, very quickly. Yes. Um, and you know, just look at your own content feed, right? The way you interact and the way your audience interacts with you and engages with you, right? Um, if you think about some of the big players that are coming on now, whether it be the NFL, the NBA, um, Howie Mandel, you know, Ellen, <laughs> like you're, you're having more mainstream platforms. These are not 14-year-old teenage girls. But I will tell you the way the NFL, if you look at the way the NFL thinks about content on TikTok, it's very different than they think about it for any of their other platforms. Um, the NBA uses you know, uh, kind of snapshots of you know, Steph Curry doing cool things and three points before the game. Um, it's not about what is, what's the greatest, it's not, not the top 10 from that day. It's what's fun, what's relevant, what are audiences going to enjoy, and what are they, what's going to give them a really sense of like a moment in time where there's just a little bit of delight, right? It's fun, it's different, there's the unexpected. Do you think right? that is an underlining macro rationale to why TikTok is having this moment that in a world where there's a lot of political and social unrest, that escapism and a little bit of like fun is needed and is and that has something to do with the growth? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I think that, you know, I use all the platforms and, and, and I'm, you know, I'm loyal to all of them. I mean, whether it be you know, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, um, not much Snap, Snap, except for dealing with my 19-year-old son at USC, um, <laughs> and, you know, TikTok, and they're all, they all play a different role in my, in my, in my day. Uh, and TikTok is definitely that time where I'm sitting there and I just want a little bit of reprieve from the pressures we all face. What, what was um, the biggest aha? You were at Facebook for a decade? Mm-hmm. What, when you, you know, obviously besides seeing that whole thing happen, and obviously I'm assuming, but correct me if I'm wrong, you're like, wait a minute, this platform has a real chance of potentially being the next one. Let me be a smart executive. Obviously, there's some opportunity in being early ish. What was the aha of the platform that was different than what you've seen before that really kind of gave you the strategic or courage to make that kind of career move? Um, well, I'll give you two. Like, um, the aha moment with Facebook was what I met with Zuck, yeah. right? Yes. And you, know, you kind of look at that and he's just an amazing entrepreneur founder, right? And the passion that he, that he exuded was, I just remember coming out of a discussion saying that's... Where were you at the time? At the time I was at Yahoo. Understood. I was at Yahoo in the UK. The, um, in London. The, um, the aha moment with TikTok was when I met Emi, who's the founder and CEO. And it, it was very, very, they're very different, the two of them, right? Um, but they're both engineers, they're both super passionate, they're amazing founders and entrepreneurs. Um, and at the end of the day, they both want to make the world a better place, right? Um, and when you see that combined with some of the metrics, and we saw the metrics early at, on, on the Facebook side as well, the metrics of TikTok are astounding. Like, I, there, are no, there are no surprises to people in this room. The reason folks are sitting here is because of the numbers, right? The, uh, the reason I'm sitting here is because of the numbers, and the reason that you, you, you talk so passionately about the platforms for the numbers. So. And, and just to add my two cents, just like, uh, I also recognize a lot of people in this room might have a side hustle and are trying to get something started or have a friend who does or has some other things that she or he wants to talk about in the world that other platforms can't. I think the thing that TikTok has, and I mentioned it earlier today, LinkedIn, ironically, is going through the same thing. There's always this time when these platforms are so big that there is so much, so big with attention that there's not enough content to fill it 
to ultimately not create a scenario where you can get an incredible amount of awareness and reach when you have no audience. I think the thing that's been most interesting to me over the last two months, and I don't think I've seen this in a long, long time, where the nature of TikTok's algorithm and just how much consumption is happening there, and I've been talking about it quite a bit over the last 100 days, I've been bombarded with emails and DMs from people who've desperately been trying to create on YouTube and Instagram for the last three years, eight hours a day, and within six days, 19 days, have built such bigger audiences and engagement, not just numbers of followers, on TikTok, and that's reminiscent to the people I saw on Twitter in that first 2006 to 2008 world. You were able to get so many more followers because the nature was everybody followed everybody because it was such a small community and you were able to get a lot of awareness. And before we do anything else, I think we all chase awareness. The industry has been overpricing potential reach with GRPs and impressions and programmatic and here's a platform, though I still believe skews to a certain demo that may not match everybody, potentially has its way to match everybody, but has, in essence, free awareness that is very difficult to achieve in other places and I think that in itself is important. Yeah, I think um, you asked a question earlier around you know, kind of brands and how they think about it and you know, for me, the, you know, I've been with the company for six months, so I'm, by no means do I have all the answers. And I would argue we don't have a lot of the answers. And one of the things that I'm really trying to emphasize to teams kind of around the world is that you know, we need help. Like we're trying to learn as we go. Uh, but it is different. The environment is different. So brands have to think differently about you know, their presence in the platform. And we have some amazing brands who are doing some really cool work. And they're, they're, you know, they're the kind of early adopters. It's the Nikes, the Burberries. Um, Samsung's doing some amazing things, um, and, and I can talk about lots of different executions and, and how they view it. Uh, the one thing in common that everybody has is kind of a willingness to try, first and foremost. Um, you know, two, they think a little bit differently, so it's not about how do we just take content that I'm running on Insta or Facebook or Snap or you know, ESPN or wherever it might be running or YouTube and try and cut it and paste it and stick it onto, onto TikTok there is a little bit of a different nuance to it. And the greatest success brands are having is when they are engaging with the audience in a very authentic way. I assume you would believe that to be true for every platform, that the context of the creative is one of the big conversations our industry is not having enough of. Absolutely, absolutely. On this platform, audiences are so engaged. Like it's, you know, the, when, when, when people, and great examples, um, you know, what might be, be the MAC Cosmetics execution of Fashion Week, right? Um, they, they, they retained three influencers, they enabled and empowered those influencers, they brought them to the shows of them. They did, it was, it was a campaign around uh, your beauty, right? So it's all about you and your beauty and transformation of beauty. And they ended up with these three influencers creating some amazing content, you know, putting that, you know, getting that content distributed up on, on the platform. Then they had 250,000 other people create content with the hashtag. And they ended up with like, I think the number was close to 2 billion video views, right? all from a relatively small investment of time and energy. How are you guys, I actually don't even know this because I'm just in full content and read comments. How are you guys counting video views? Is that three seconds? Like what is your metric? So for us video views in that context, organic is full video views, right? For advertising, we are working with uh, Moat and IES and others around viewability standards. And, 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 I understand. And I will, I will say it's next. Nice. Like, so we only launched our Moat and IES integrations maybe 
six, eight weeks ago, which might sound crazy for a company. You know, we, we kind of appear to be this massive company, but I would argue that in many parts of the world, we still behave and it's intentional like a startup. We're still building the foundation. Again, something I don't know and I have no clue if you guys are publicly saying this. I, what always gets my attention is when apps shoot to the top of the download list. I'm just fascinated by people in marketing who don't download every one of those apps and plays. So. I know it takes a lot to get there and stay there as long as TikTok has been there, but when's the last time TikTok announced how many users are on the platform or, or how many users are on the platform? We really don't announce it. We talk to brands about it. We, we have, we're pretty clear with brands. We don't do it publicly. Okay, that's why I hedged. I have no idea. One policy reason or another. But, but it's more we, than we, we brands, one, so right? We're pretty transparent in those numbers. Uh-huh. I mean, it's not a billion, but it's not, it's not half of that either. I understand. <laughs> Pretty wide margin, I guess. Uh, how how global is it? Given it's a Chinese-based company, like how like where where it, I always remember, you know, I was just in Brazil, which was a lot of fun for the first time for me, and which is unusual for me. Like, I travel so much, and it was so fun to talk about Orkut, because back in 2000, you know, when when I was doing this in 07, 08, it was so fascinating to see Orkut be the dominant social. You know, this is this was the toughest battle for Facebook back in the day. I remember. Um, you know, so are there any pockets that TikTok has completely exploded in? You know, I'm always fascinated by the global thing, like Twitter, like it's stunningly a non-player in Germany, for example. Like, I'm always fascinated by the global dynamics. Has there been a market where TikTok has completely exploded recently or anything, anything interesting to share for context? Yeah, I think um, it is global. And so we're seeing you know, similar growth all over, whether it be the, the Americas or you know, parts of EMEA or you know, India's been exceptional. Yeah, notice that. Um, and uh, you know that for cultural, culturally it just resonates and so there's been a lot of growth in the Indian market uh, but other parts of, of Asia as well you know, TikTok doesn't exist in China it's, a, it's autonomous from the, 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 the Chinese side of the business uh, we run it outside of, outside of the Chinese market we run it very locally so the business in the US is run by teams in the US the business run you know, the European business run by teams in Europe um, so um, but it is it is pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty, around the world it's pretty, it's pretty common. I mean, I think the big thing is, it's, what's interesting is, people always say, what's the difference between you and, and Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or Snap or whatever it might be, and, and, I, and I would say that, you know, some of those platforms are very much social, pl- they're social networks, right? And that's the world they live in, and, and we do get bucketed into social, but I, w- I would argue we're not a social network, right? It's, because at the end of the day, my content isn't necessarily, I don't care with my friends and family. As a matter of fact, I'm not connected to any friends and family on TikTok. Um, but is any social network playing that game? What, being connected to friends and family? Yeah, I mean the evolution of all these, you know, people are creating Finstas and like secondary things, but the reality is all of this has opened, you know, it's really fascinating to watch it all happen, right? Yeah. I mean the notion of a place for friends and family has, for a far majority of consumers, is now their text messaging or their WhatsApp, mm-hmm. like you know, it's, it's I mean, TikTok in its execution as a social network has massive similarities to, you know, an Instagram, for yeah. example. I guess I guess I'm, a, I'm probably a little bit skewed on Instagram and Facebook because that's where I grew up, right? Sure. And you know, being part of that family, you're 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 deeply involved. In, sure. And, and so my experience on those platforms is very much friends and family, and then obviously brands. Um, whereas my experience on TikTok is very much around the content. Right? So it's a content what, graph. For what's interesting about that though is when you look at a 14 or 15 year old, you know, a lot of them, that is their friend network. 
it, you know, it is being controlled by a parent to allow just their friends and their camp friends or things of that nature. It's almost like where your starting point is yeah. becomes your friend network, then it evolves, and then and it's interesting to watch people maintain a place for their friends, and it's just the evolution of when you get into a platform. Yeah, well, I think it's interesting. It's interesting. You're, you're right, I mean, the, the, you know, Gen Z's definitely coming up on TikTok as their platform, right? Yes. So I was, I was having dinner with my, my wife and younger kids um, maybe two weeks ago, and there were, you know, a couple probably seniors in high school, you know, girls that were over in the corner doing some stuff. I was like, what are they? I'm like, they're TikTok, right? And she's like, what do you mean? And sure enough, they were creating their kid TikTok for their friends, right? Of course. And then we were out in Vail having a hike and there was a family, like, you know, a family with maybe 10, 12, 13 year old kids, mom, dad, and they were doing the same thing on the trail going up the mountain. They were kind of halfway up the mountain, creating a TikTok video. And my wife was kind of blown away by this. Um, and then, uh, and then, to your kids. She was like, why, would, why would people do this? And I'm like, well, it's just a different world. She, you know, she grew up in the Facebook family as well. And, uh, and then, funny enough, you know, two, weeks, two weeks ago, Tom Brady joins TikTok. And now all of a sudden, she's downloading TikTok. Right? She's like, I love TikTok. I was like, what's that? I'm not, I'm not engaging anymore. <laughs> Fucking hate that dude. Um, yeah. Like hate. Like not even like... Not even like cl- polite claps that we we're doing now. Like fucking hate you, bro. <laughs> you can ask the next question. I'm not even excited anymore. Are you gonna leave the stage now? You're just like, just super on tilt, man. My football like life is the worst. At least you're not an Eagles fan right now. I I would rip my fucking arms off to be an Eagles fan. You guys won a fucking Super Bowl two minutes ago. What the fuck? I haven't even been to one. Yeah, you thank you. I will. I'm gonna fucking make sure of it. <laughs> exactly. What else? Right, so I want to talk a little. I, I, I want to talk a little bit about the creator ecosystem. Okay. You know they, they're all building. They're, they're all they're all developing content on YouTube and on Instagram. Like they're doing for it sure. all the platforms, right? Um, and the one thing they say is when they when they launch on TikTok, it just goes fast. Like the content for whatever it's not restrained by the social graph or whatever you want to call it, right? That when they when it pops, when it pops, it just goes really. really There's fast. so much attention on your platform um, right now. I mean, it's, it's not super complicated. It went really fast on Vine too. It went really fast on Instagram when Instagram didn't have enough creators making for it. This is one big game of supply and demand of content, and the attention on the other side. Yeah, and it's going to go really fast until the attention doesn't match the amount of output. It's just the same old game. Hmm. This, is, this is one game played over and over again. And by the way, it went back to television, but in modern times, this is email marketing. E- uh, email open rates for very developed email newsletters in the 1996 to 1999 range had scary numbers like 80% open rates, 90% open rates, because nobody was emailing. You know, and, and we, you know, how many people here had email in 1997? Just raise your hands. Raise them high because I want the kids to see this. <laughs> Remember how we read every fucking email back then? <laughs> and so there's this attention graph that plays out. Um, and, and I mean, you intimately know this. This was what I was yelling about in 2009, 10, 11 about Facebook. I'm like, these pages, organic reach is remarkable. And I'm like, and it will go away. And it was, and it was not because I knew anything other than it always goes away. Hmm. TikTok, inevitably, unless it's able to suck out all the collective attention of the world at all times, eventually there's a crescendo, there's a tipping point where there's more content 
being produced, plus you'll eventually, I think, maybe not, create a product where people can start showing up in the feed or other places. It's just, it's a land grab. It's like buying up beachfront property in Malibu. Somebody did that and eventually got more expensive. And so, yeah, I mean, I speak to all the creators top down a lot and I'm spending a ton of time talking to them over the last 150 days and you're absolutely right. And, and, where, and where I'm really passionate is being a creator now is like everybody's dream at a youth level and then more importantly for a lot of people here, storytelling and having it seen is very important. And I think it's one thing for a creator that's already won on YouTube or Instagram or somewhere else when they come over. What's been so fun for me is seeing these people who've, des- I said it earlier, desperately have tried for the last three years and seeing how quick the results are. And look, you know, flag in the ground because I, I try to be historically correct. You know, I have no equity or involvement with TikTok. I give a fuck if it disappears tomorrow. I hopefully that doesn't happen, Gary. Fair enough. For you know, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I respect, like, respect. Okay. I'm sure that 10-year run in Facebook wasn't the worst, Blake. But nonetheless, <laughs> nonetheless, uh, I think for me it's like, hey, how many more times does this industry, Adweek, need to see this show to understand what the game is? The game is very simple. Things emerge that have uncomfortable amounts of attention in comparison to how much output creatively is there and those are incredible times to storytell and learn and people waiting for it to be real or some reporting mechanism. To, you know, the, the rub, and you know this, this is your guy's world, the rub of waiting for reporting to justify your spend on it is the rub. Mm-hmm. It's no different than podcast pre-roll right now. I mean, there's no confusion that there's an enormous amount of people listening to podcasts, but watching people not buy ads because the reporting isn't in place yet is why people don't do it, and that's why entrepreneurs and startups always grow, because big companies trade on fake metrics, and small companies trade on truth. So, I'm gonna let that just sit in for a second. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's... That was very profound. It's, 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 it's historically correct. You know, all that TikTok, for me, being the first brand to go heavy into TikTok that is targeting that demo, because I still don't fully know where the demos, but let's, let's just say skews younger for now, is no different than Procter & Gamble being the biggest spender on television in the 50s and 60s, because that was the arbitrage, or Wish, the shopping app, you probably knew this. Yeah. I mean, this is what Facebook executives joke about all the time. There's all these companies and LLCs that nobody's ever heard of spending uncomfortable amounts of money and Coke and BMW are spending a third of that and everyone's confused what's going on. To me, if you're selling to 15 to 25 year olds anything and you don't have an uncomfortable strategy, uncomfortable is a slang term for all in, creating every day at scale on TikTok, you're missing one of the great kind of moments and the shit can go away. You know, and, 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 it co- and it still goes with you. One of the things that I'm always fascinated by is people like, well Gary, what if it goes away in three years? I'm like, you take the brand equity with you. There was a lot of people who built a lot of brand equity on Vine and when they started creating on Snap or Instagram, the audience, a percentage of it went. I don't know why everybody's so literal. You're so happy to market on Super Bowl or on television or an outdoor, that goes away too. But there's something ideological in the system that has this sad feeling that it might turn into my space. You know, my preference is that they all die because that means the attention's moving and it will always benefit the quickest and the people that are most willing to play that game, which is my most comfortable game. I, you know, I love having debates with people about the past. The past 
is always people's vulnerability to the current and definitely to the future. So, I think that, listen, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of everything you just said, right? You know, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm in a bit like, I love this space. And the reason I joined the company is because at that inflection point where, you know, it's having to learn, it's having to grow up a little bit, it's having to think differently, you know, it's having to create some standards. It does have to have some measurability. 100%. Gives people confidence. 100%. Not only being seen, but it's having an impact on awareness, consideration, intent. And real quick on that, I apologize, Blake. That's all true and all plays here. That has nothing to do with what the consumer is actually doing. That's the rub. Of course that's going to happen. That's why you go there. And that will play out over time. But every second you wait for that to happen, the underpriced attention becomes more expensive. Yeah, and there's an inflection. I mean, up until now, up until probably a month ago, I think a lot of that was true. There were very, there, there, there were good brands that were coming on the platform. There were dozens and dozens and dozens. In the last month, for whatever reason, there's been a real inflection point. Like we're well, everybody's back from the only, summer. You know, everybody's you back know. from the summer. It could yeah. be the summer. It could be because you know, I'm just doing such a great job. Oh, got it. That's where you were going? No, I think it's fucking going. August. Yeah, that's not where I'm going. But yeah. the, um, <laughs> it could be when you started talking a lot about it. I don't know about that. Yeah, but um, it's, it, there, there is a lot more activity now. I mean, and, and, and some of the more, what I would call mainstream and really you know, powerful brands are getting on the platform and experimenting, yeah. right? Because it is about experimenting. It's not, you know, the point you made earlier is you know, we could easily launch a platform and say, let's just take, our, let's take 15 second clips from wherever else and stick them in our feed, right? And build a currency around it and scale the business. We could do that all day long. But when I talk to you know, leading brands, what I keep trying to say is we want it to be different. We want brands to be really this kind of this, this first class citizen in the graph so that when people see the content, they actually engage with it, right? They engage with it and they become connected to it. Where, where your rub is as a platform has been historic, which is getting brands to be contextual creatively is the rub. It's hard. It is hard because they are partnered with people often that don't contextualize creative or they don't see it. Real quick, I apologize because I don't know if we're supposed to do this. We're gonna take some questions, right? Yeah, in like in a few more minutes. Is that what you said? Okay. Yeah. Do you guys know about this, the Slido stuff? Like, okay, cool. Yeah. Sorry. The, um, oh, there we go. No, but like, I mean, if, if anybody saw today on TikTok, you know, Walmart's got a, a great activation. You know, it's, the, it's a saving shuffle. It's in the stores, it's kind of engaging. It's um, beginning Walmart, which is kind of one of the biggest brands, certainly, you know, in the US, um, you know, to, in, in, engaging with that audience is a big deal, right? It's kind of one of those seminal moments where you start seeing those kind of brands. Um, and we're seeing that with, with, with a variety. HP did an amazing, we saw um, Chipotle's done some great things. Yeah, so there's lots of great, there's lots of great work coming. I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump in on number Let's four because I'm excited about yeah. it. I don't know if they're showing it up there, yeah, but the question is how can TikTok ensure they will not have the same destiny as Vine? I touched on this earlier. You know, for them, at least what I've seen historically for the last 10 years, they're gonna have to continue to innovate the product, right? I think if you look at Vine, it got stuck. It just stopped innovating features. Uh, Obviously, it got bought by Twitter, and so it had those dynamics. Um, Platforms that have been able to continue to innovate with trends. I mean, look at Facebook now. They're pushing groups because that's innovating with their, like, what's the behavior on that platform. I think one more time, though, because I think this is the biggest value add I can bring here, we have to start looking at these platforms like shows, not like channels. Like, again, when it's relevant, you market on it. When Coachella's at its hottest, you activate there. When, you know, it, when nobody watches the Super Bowl in 30 years, if that's the case, I have a funny feeling nobody's gonna buy Super Bowl ads. It's not complicated. Um, and I think we talk a lot more about, will it
like Vine as a reason to not make. You know, for me, I'm, you know, there is no specific. What I tend to do is spend hundreds of hours consuming content, but more importantly, comments. I spend almost, like if, if, when I think about the last, the 100 hours plus that I've spent in the last couple months on TikTok, 90% of it has been reading comments of the piece of content. So I go into, you know, for you or where it's explore or things that are popping or get into a hashtag portal or, you know, see something popping and of course I'll look at the singular piece of content and that takes two seconds on the platform or six or what have you it's actually spending the next 15 minutes reading how people react to it. So, you know, for me it's seeing new acronyms, slang term. Um, it's been super interesting to your point over the last 45 days. I always love and I loved it on Snap and I loved it on Vine when people that aren't 15 start coming onto the platform. Like nothing makes me laugh more than like seeing something go viral and just reading comments and you can look at the profile and see it's like a 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 year old and 94% of the comments are, what the fuck is this? You know, <laughs> you know, which is like the best, right? Like you, you just learn, and so I'm looking. Uh, what well, I was I, waiting for the first F-bomb. There, so, uh, for, that didn't happen during Tom Brady? Yeah, no? Oh. So. Oh, um, did, yeah. I, I, the number one thing I look for, I think will resonate with this audience is I'm spending all my time looking for are there nuances that make me believe that this is going to age up and stick around, um, but that doesn't stop me from making at scale and extracting awareness at the time. Yeah. There's, a, there's a great, um, there's a great, I would call it a meme. And people are showing like their boyfriends like climbing up the wall, sneaking into the bedroom. <laughs> like, like, they, like seriously, yeah. like it's really, like look, youth culture, just like urban culture and, and other, LATAM in my opinion, like there's always gonna be three or four kind of cultural things it's why music and sports and like these things matter, and you know, no different than MTV, and then what that evolves into. It, if you have ambition to be successful at your craft, understanding what's going on here now is going to play dividends for the rest of your career. I think the reason Snap and Vine and Instagram Stories and TikTok came so natural to me is because Social Cam was an app that used the algorithm of, remember that? Do you yeah. remember that pop? Okay. I, I don't know how many of you guys remember Social Cam, but for like 48 seconds, it popped, and it was the same time that, you know, Photo Booth was popping, you know, and, and so, it, like, the idea of storytelling that way, you know, um, you can see so many of the nuances of the content today on TikTok that are grounded in the DNA of Social Cam and Vine and musically, and that's important because then you start understanding how to story tell. Because being a creator, as a creative director for a brand, I think we all know this, like having the tough conversations as they evolve with the biggest brands in the world to justify why to be on this, it has to go much deeper than, you know, test and learn is always right, and you're seeing that now, but at some point this conversation's gonna evolve into, is this doing anything for my business? And the only way to actually make that happen is to be a relevant storyteller within the context of the four walls that we're in. And that takes strategy, let alone contextual output. That leads into a good question, which is um, how do you see ad creator for TikTok evolving in the context of Facebook, Instagram stories? Look, I think from my perspective, the industry, the reason I fell in love with the feed, right, the idea of those ads was there was less friction in that at the time than there was in a pop-up on a website 
in a pre-roll before you saw what you wanted to see and the native integration of that was far greater than anything I had seen which is why it came natural to me because I think friction to the consumer is the devil. And so I was pot committed and it had its run and now I think we can all recognize that we've been conditioned to expect ads in a feed which means inevitably it will decline in its relevance with human conditioning. I I don't know what TikTok's thinking. I think you've alluded to it twice and I think it will always be an interesting thing of like how do we get brands to actually be great at just creative on the platform. Um, But for me it's always how to create the least friction within the four walls of where you're consuming to actually get the ad across. Integrated in the content is always the best way to do it especially if you can do it. But if you can't and you have empathy for the fact that TikTok's building a business and will create ad products, it'll be interesting to see where it goes. You know, it's funny, you guys started doing the ad that like is just there for everybody when you open. That has such great scale and it reminded me of trending topic on Twitter. I don't know if you guys remember the trending topic ad on Twitter when it was still a desktop app and it wasn't like heavily mobile and it would show you trending and you could have the number one, you could have the ad above the number one trending ad and I remember we did some stuff for GE and Green Mountain Coffee that was uncomfortably successful because of just the sheer awareness. Just good old fashioned actual consumption and awareness uh, which is you know, the counter to contextual at scale. Um, so it's interesting to see you guys have already gone there. Yeah. Um, and I think you'll be, I don't know where you guys plan on going but the least amount of friction will result in the best results. And the ones that I think you're alluding so there's, there's a couple products, and I'm not gonna bore the audience with this because people can see it, whether it be hashtag challenge, which is basically integrated into like the meme uh, culture, um, or the top view, which is kind of what Walmart did today, which is kind of a, a mass scale. Um, I just truly believe if, if people were to pull me aside and say, where do you want the world to go? I really want this to be heavily driven around native feeling ads. I want brands to feel like they belong in the feed. I don't want it to be an interruptive experience. Uh, my friend Mark Darcy over Facebook used to say advertising was, it's all about you know, it's averting people away from the content to, to talk to your brand, right? Um, and I really want brands, because the success they're having when they engage audiences, um, you know, it's, it's you know, whether it be the Chipotle or whether it be you know, Mac Cosmetics or whether it be with Ralph Lauren did with the US Open with the hashtag yep. winning, like the, the numbers are staggering. Not just because of the sheer scale, because they're actually engaging these folks and the creative's being created by the, by the audience. Let me sli- yeah. slip this in because I think it will help yeah. the audience. I'm generally curious as well. One best use case for TikTok beyond Gen Z and then the other, and I think it just went away, which is too bad. It said, you're saying that we should get on TikTok. I, I remember it because I read it. Yeah. You're saying that we should be on TikTok right now to grab this underpriced attention, but is it relevant for things outside of Gen Z? In its most simple point, are you confident and comfortable at this point telling brands that are marketing to people that are 25 to 45, let's just start with that wide, massive demo, that there's enough user attention on a platform that justifies the investment to put into the platform? Absolutely, I mean, it's a fully, I mean, a year and a half ago, I might not have been able to make that comment, when it was purely musically, TikTok has fundamentally shifted from a demographic and from a content diversity um, Forget about the content diversity, which I think you guys, to your point, have done an extremely good job yeah. to make sure it's not lip syncing. Like, how are you? Like, this is actually a very yeah, selfish yeah. question because I'm getting hit up by my brands. I'm, I'm not on common sense paying attention with no data behind. It. I'm not comfortable saying, "Hey, you're targeting 30 to 38 year olds," and 
and we should really be spending real time and money on this platform to extract attention, to create consideration. Are you guys sharing with brands numbers? Yeah, yeah, we're sharing with all the demographic numbers. So they're broad. I mean, it's not like how many 17-year-olds or 23-year-olds. Yeah, because you're not capturing 18, that. 24, you know, 24, 35. You're using third-party data overlay on that because you're not asking for that info, right? We are using our own data on that because it's part of it's part of the registration process. Yeah, I don't recall at this you point because you, you, you put in your data. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thanks guys for listening. Please, please, please share the podcast and make sure you've subscribed because a bunch of you aren't subscribed and more importantly, a bunch of you listen every day and haven't told your friends it's the best podcast in the world. I'm watching. (laughs) Have a great day.